Morgantown, Toby and TJ back with you on this Friday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, Lumber Lady's birthday. We're brought to you every day by River Wind. You can always shoot us a text on our Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Coming up bottom of the hour, uh, Andrew Caridi going to talk some West Virginia with us as the Sooners get set for game one here tonight against the first-place team in the Big 12. The Mountaineers, we got a big softball series tonight starting as well. Bedlam in Stillwater, 7 o'clock game one. Is that right, Teach? I think it's 7. The first two games of the series are on ESPN or ESPN2, and I think the uh, Sunday game's on Plus. All three baseball games on Plus this weekend. We've got pregame coverage for you on Sooner Radio starting at 5 o'clock uh, tonight. I want to talk a little baseball, TJ, but first, I uh, I was up about 45 minutes longer than I intended to be last night because right before I went to bed, I saw that the Colts had posted their annual YouTube video of inside their war room during the NFL draft. It's just an annual thing for them. Yeah, they put it out every year. I love it. <laughs> I love that behind-the-scenes stuff. I bet stuff. you do. Uh, it's just so captivating to see, like, you know, selections go down and hoping their guy will still be there. And uh, Of course, I'm sure there are many occasions where they want a guy and don't get him. They don't ever show those, but um, – yeah, it's great stuff, man. I've told you many times I would give anything for Sam Presti or the Colts or somebody to just let me sit in the corner and get coffee and just watch a draft go down. I would love to be inside the room when they're trying to figure out who to draft. I think that would be one of the most interesting things in sports. All right, then. Oh, sorry. So sorry, I just baseball. I just watched the uh, YouTube video Jimmy of the Colts. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm messing with you. I'm Shirt store called, you. and they're all out of you. I like the videos uh, if they're really short. I, I'm not a uh, watch the whole war room, but like the, the Deuce Vaughn thing was cool that the, the Cowboys put out when Dad got to call Deuce and stuff. So Oh, I'm so your, you. uh, your attention span has disintegrated. <laughs> Please keep it to sound bites and 30-second small vignettes for me. That's where you are now? <laughs> I guess so. Jeez. All right. Well, I'll move on then. West Virginia. 
You seen these guys yet this year, Teach? I have not. I have not. I hear they're good, but I haven't seen them yet. 34 and 11. Let's thumbnail them. I'll try to keep this short so I don't lose your attention span, okay? They're 34 and 11. I'm just messing with you. Calm down. 14 and 4 at home. First place in the Big 12, 11 and 4. They have played one fewer series than most, two than some. J.J. Weatherholt's their star. He's hitting 470 on the year. 12 home runs. Uh, 32 stolen bases, Teej. So when he gets on, you might as well put him at second. Uh, he is a tremendous Jeez. baseball player. It's He's got a high average homers, fast. Yeah. Yeah. Now hey, they get this guy. Come on. He doesn't. In 166 at bats, he has struck out 18 times. So he doesn't strike out either. Wow. Uh, he's a problem. They, other than him, Tevin Tucker, uh, who I think is their leadoff guy, is probably their next best player. He's also, I mean, he's hitting 367, which is nothing to sneeze at. They run like crazy. They lead the Big 12 in stolen bases with 105. They're 105 out of 123, so they've only been thrown out 18 times. Um, This surface is by far the fastest of the turf surfaces in the conference. I don't think we've ever been here when somebody, at least one player, and many years multiple, have slid over second base and been tagged out here. For whatever reason, it's slicker and faster than any other turf surface we play on, which I'm sure leads to helps lead to their running game. But I think it also means you're going to see Oklahoma on the move quite a bit. Uh, the other thing is, though, they have only allowed 17 stolen bases all year. Nobody runs on West Virginia. They, they they steal bases like crazy, and you can't run on them. So it'll be interesting to see if, if OU can or not this weekend. Um, Their pitching has been uh, good. They've got two starters, the guys we'll see tonight and tomorrow, who have been mainstays all year. Ben Hampton, the lefty, will go tonight. Blaine Traxel, the righty, will go tomorrow. Hampton's 4-1, and one, Traxel 6-3. and three. Um, they're good. They're they're uh, I not I wouldn't say dominant. I would say Traxel of the two has been more dominant, but they've both given up quite a few home runs. They've been good. They have not landed on a third starter this season. They've kind of had a merry-go-round going there. They are TBA as of now on Sunday, so we'll see what they do. Back into the bullpen has been great. Carlson Reed, their closer, has an ERA of one. He's got 41 strikeouts in 27 innings. So you don't want them to have a lead late or you're in trouble. I would say if you're looking at, all right, where's their weakness? They aren't a very – they aren't great defensively. Uh, they got 54 errors. They're averaging over an error a game. So they will kick it around a bit. Now, OU's right in that range too. But 
it's hard to find another place where you're like, all right, there's the weak spot on this team. They pitch it well. They've got a good bullpen. They've got a star. They hit the ball. They've got power, and they run. So that's kind of that's kind of almost everything other than defense. You're making me feel real good about this weekend. Gee. Well, I mean, listen. <laughs> they swept TCU here, and they just swept Baylor at in Waco. Right. OU went 3-3 three and three against those two teams in that exact same situation. So they they won two out of three in Stillwater. You know, so that t- – I mean, they're legit, I think, this year. There, there are sometimes – West Virginia is hard to read early in the year because they play a bunch of teams on the East Coast that we never see, and sometimes they get off to a good start, and you're like, yeah, well, we'll see when they get into conference play. And then they aren't. You know, they then they start conference play, and they're a middle-to-bottom-of-the-pack team. That's most years for West Virginia. Scrappy, capable of, of upsetting the apple cart once in a while, but not going to threaten a Big 12 title. So what's changed this year? Because they typically are a good program, and like you just said, they, they're they tough, gritty. What's clicked? I mean, it just seems like it's all come together this year. Well, I think that's a good question for Andrew Caridi at the bottom of the hour. Okay. I would okay. say – I mean, would obviously, say J- you got a guy playing like J.J. Weatherholt. I mean, that, yeah. that's a big answer to that. He's just right. showing off here. I see he's on the Dean's list, too. Calm down, kid. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> I mean, he was good last year as a freshman, if I remember right. I think he – yeah, um, I he's remember also his a name Navy Seal. Yeah, a no, Navy Seal too. Yeah, he's a Navy Seal and uh, uh, has walked across yeah. the United States four times. Skip, I think, was joking about the Barry Bonds. Walk this kid every time at bat. I don't care if the bases are loaded. Um, I mean that's part of it, right? I mean when you've got a superstar, when you got an elite guy like that, yeah, that's definitely. a big part of it. Other than that, uh, you know, I don't know the answer to that. Some years. I think we saw with Oklahoma last year, some years it just comes together for you. You stay healthy, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a chemistry that gels, and you are better than the sum of your parts. And maybe that's what's happening. It is also quite possible, and I'm not saying this is the case, but they close with Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and Texas. It's quite possible they come back down to earth down the stretch here. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Right now they're out in front. They've got the same number of wins as OSU and K-State, but they've got three fewer losses because they've played one less series. So, you know, when we go into Arlington, odds are that West Virginia is the one seed, but it's not a given. I mean, they've got a tough schedule late here. And the next two weekends, they're playing two teams that are I would put under the category of desperate right now. Like OU and Texas Tech are both right there on the NCAA tournament bubble. They're getting massive crowds, I'm told. three, 4,000 fans a night. They're packing this place out because they're excited. So I think all of that's a part of the recipe for, uh, you know, they're vibing right now. They're feeling good. They're winning games. They're hitting the ball. They're pitching it. They're stealing bases. They just kind of got it going. And... uh OU's got to try to throw a wrench into that. The good news is, as much as any time this year, Oklahoma's got it going too. More, uh, I don't, you know, not to nine in a row like West Virginia has, but they've mm-hmm. won six out of seven. They swept Texas and Austin. That's hard to do. They just beat Dallas Baptist at 
at DBU, which they haven't done in 13 years. OU's playing really good ball as well. So I, I expect this to be a, a high-caliber weekend. I think you got two two baseball teams that are playing really good that are going to go head-to-head. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to see how it plays out. And you've helped yourself out a lot, like you said, getting that game Tuesday because, you know, if you can get one here and, and split your four, then I think that's what we said you, you wanted to absolutely you're still, do. You're still in striking distance. You're still then. in striking distance. So, yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see how this plays out and really how West Virginia plays out the rest of the season. I think they started the week on the wrong side of the bubble. If you go two out of four this week, which means when – one out of these three, it's still going to be a good road RPI win for them. I think you're probably now on the bubble. And if you win two out of three this weekend, three out of four this year or better, a week or better, you're on the right side of the sure, bubble. absolutely. I think. I think you're in the tournament when the projections come out next week if they win the series this weekend. Here's another little side note, which is will come into play tomorrow. Braden Carmichael who's pitching the Saturday game. Last time we were in Morgantown, had a no-hitter through seven here. Uh, OU actually took a no-hitter that day into the ninth before they gave it up. Do you remember that game, Teach? It was the second game of a doubleheader. OU ended up winning both halves of the the doubleheader to take the series. And Braden Carmichael was lights out here. It was his other game besides Arkansas where he has, you know, just gone and been completely dominant. Now, that does not mean at all that he will do it again or that he'll even get out of the first inning. But uh, there is something to being in a place that you feel comfortable and and have some good memories. And certainly Braden Carmichael's got very good memories in Morgantown. Um, But we'll see. I I think – I'm very interested in seeing how Braxton Douthat does tonight. He did not pitch well last Friday against Kansas. A lot of walks, a very short outing. He needs a bounce back tonight, and they're going to need a really good performance. They're also facing a lefty tonight, and I always like it when OU faces lefties this year. They have the last two games. This will be the third straight lefty they've faced. They got after the Kansas lefty and chased him in the first inning. They got after the Dallas Baptist lefty and uh, scored some runs off him early. Um, there have certainly been some that they haven't, but I think they're 10-6 and six this year now against left-handed starters. So we'll see if they can have success. Ben Hampton's been here forever. Ben Hampton and Braden Carmichael are two names we've been saying for like half a decade now. I mean, they've been five, six years at their schools. So I surely this is our last go around at Ben Hampton, but if I remember correctly, he's a little Carmichael-ish. He's kind of a small, crafty lefty that just really knows how to pitch. So there you go, little thumbnail of the opponent this weekend. We'll learn more from J or <laughs> from Andrew Caridi. I started to say we're going to have JJ Weatherholt on. I don't think they're going to let us do that. <laughs> Andrew Caridi coming up bottom of the hour. Back to your text messages next. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. T-Row in the Morning Show, this hour brought to you by RK Black. If you're a transfer portal kid out there wanting to shake things up and fax in 
your announcement. RK Black can help you. They got copiers, fax, printers, scanners. They do it all. Document management company right here in Oklahoma. 405-943-9800 or rkblack.com. Victor's yelling at us. Before we get to um, Andrew, can we uh, get Pet of the Week in here? Yeah, sure. Brought to you by Dr. Otto University Animal Hospital and OK Canine Corral. Our Pet of the Week this week, Victor, calm down. Carly, mixed breed canine, weighing about 50 pounds, uh, black and white. She's around one year old, already been spayed. Volunteers say Carly is a super sweet and friendly uh, dog with people, but would probably do best as an only dog or getting slowly introduced to Mm. other dogs in the house, meaning she's a little territorial probably. Says Carly uh, does do well on leash and enjoys walks. Um, Mixed breed, medium uh, to large-sized dog, 50 pounds. Um, all black except for white legs and uh, white up the muzzle and then a white chest. The rest is all black. Um, she looks like she uh, rides in cars well. She's sitting here uh, mm-hmm. all strapped into the back seat. Looks like she's ready and excited for a ride there in the uh, the vehicle. Uh, but be warned, if you got other dogs, it doesn't sound like she gets along too well with the other dogs there, the old Carly. I don't love the ride-up on Carly, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I've said this for uh, a couple of years now. I don't think we should be given the weight of the female dogs. I think that's personal, and they would appreciate well, it. People want to know no what longer. size dog you're talking about. It's not polite to give a woman's weight, TJ, okay? doesn't look like a 50-pound dog to me. It looks smaller than 50 pounds to me. But anyway, I don't think Carly would want everybody knowing how much she weighs. And, uh, it's not a heavy 50 pounds. She wears it well. I think there is an assumption here that she wouldn't get along with another dog that Carly would not appreciate being put out about her. Has she had some issues in the past? Yes, but how do you know it wasn't their fault, right? So I think uh, on Carly's behalf, I would like to say she's willing to work with another dog if the situation is is right. That's true. Maybe she just hasn't been put in the right situation with another dog. She's been stereotyped here a little bit, TJ, and I don't know that I appreciate that. She does look like, though, she rides. You mentioned she loves a car ride. Yeah, it looks like She's just sitting it. there all prim and proper like, let's go to church. So, <laughs> Were they going in that picture? Good-looking dog. Carly, I got your back. Uh, How do folks adopt Carly? Interested in Carly or the other animals, Norman Animal Shelter, 3428 South Jenkins Avenue here in Norman, 405-292-9736 to make an appointment to go by and see. You can also, if you're around the state, find the dogs, cats, animals in your area adoptapet.com. Big thanks to Dr. Otto, University Animal Hospital, and OK Canine Corral. Uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Morning, buddy. Hey, Carter. Oh, my brother is at Neighborhood Jam, and he just saw Porter with a talkie. <laughs> Gosh. He saw Porter with a talkie. <laughs> I think it was probably I, Jackson Dart. I hope it went well. What? Eat at the jam. Have a good day. <laughs> He's Carter's unbelievable. With a tall kid. He sees or has moles everywhere. He yeah. sees every coach when they do. Uh-huh. I live in Norman, eat out quite a bit. I'll see a coach every now and then. I've run into Porter at one particular restaurant before, I even took his seat as he got up from it at the hmm. uh, at this location. What a uh, thrill. But I very rarely see them out and about. But Carter 
like they go anywhere in Norman and Carter has someone that sees them and lets Carter know. How how do you imagine that happens, Teach? How do you imagine Carter just keeps running into famous people everywhere? I'm guessing that there's some stalking going on. There's a a situation where he hangs around coaches' offices and just follows them across town to the crest or wherever it may be. Are they with a tall guy? That's a good sign. So he's he's taking a tall guy out for breakfast. There, it's got to be uh, somebody in the transfer portal, TJ. There's no other tall guys hanging around <laughs> OU basketball. Couldn't possibly be a current player or another I can't coach think of or another anything. single tall guy over in the Lloyd Noble Center offices. So it's got to be a portal guy. Uh, hopefully he lands him, whoever it is. Uh, we've got a dad joke of the day here from Sugar yeah, Shane, if you'd yeah, like okay. it. I mean, maybe. Let's see. Uh, what did Spartacus say when a lion ate his wife? Well, I don't know. Nothing. He was gladiator. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, morning, guys. T-Row, I yeah. love your thoughts on being in a war room during a draft. That Thank would be you. unbelievable. He does Thank not. Zero does not like when I tease him about the war room because I know you. how much he loves it. How about this idea? You and Teddy clear one spot for one person to set in on each game as a guest. It could be a lottery type draw and could have the potential for a sponsor. I would love to set and simply be a fly on the wall during an OU game. So he wants to be a, uh, a broadcast booth. Uh, a couple of things about this. We have had guests in the booth with us before. Uh, be it your dad, whoever, relatives, maybe. friends. We've had a couple of situations where a sponsor has been up there, or a uh, a fan who has you know won an auction or something like that. Not very often, but but and I would love to do that. I think it's a great idea. I will bring it up with uh, the the powers that be over at Sooner Sports Properties, Kelly Collier. Maybe we could have a situation where uh, of the six home games. Uh, we could we could give a fan an opportunity to win that if they would like to hang out with us. But the person that has to sign off on this is not me, it's not Teddy, it's not even Kelly Collier. It's Drake Dyken. Because the open seat is next to him in our booth. And that seat is often filled with all kinds of Drake Dyken stuff. You know, Bags, engineering items, all kinds of things. And he's going to be the one that has to host you because the rest of us are down below busy calling a game. So if we can get Drake to sign off on this idea, I think we could have a lot of fun with it. I like the idea a lot. I have offered, just for the record again, TJ Perry the opportunity dozens of times to either in Norman or on the road watch a game in the radio booth with us. And every time he has declined. And there are many of you out there, perhaps thousands, who say, what kind of an idiot would decline this potentially awesome opportunity? The answer is T.J. Perry. I don't trust you guys. I I know I'm being set up for something. I've seen enough mobster movies. I know what happens when you get invited into the room. Think I'm crazy? You Drake, think, the, the only you, one that Drake allows in there is his, and is, is his dad, and that's because he's a little tiny man. You can just stick him off in the corner. Nobody <laughs> sees him up there. 
Are you saying you think murder is in play I'm here? I'm thinking, uh, thinking uh, the three of you, uh, yeah, I could see something being no. a setup, yeah. The only and one I don't trust to... Andrew Shepard as far as I can throw uh, him. You're wrong on all counts. The only person you have to worry about in that booth is Stats Kelly. Uh, he isn't wired correctly. So uh, <laughs> you got to watch your back with him. But other that than true. that, you'll that be fine. That is true. Uh, 19-year-old TJ ticking off someone at a bar. Shocking. I said nothing to this guy. I remember mm-hmm. what he said to me. He may not have liked my comment back, but I thought he was joking with me. I quickly found out he was not joking with me, nor did he like my smart aleck remark back. I don't know why he said what he said to me. I don't know why he approached well, are you going to tell us what it is? No, it's not appropriate for Aaron. <laughs> Something may have been said about his mom. But... It was a joke, but I thought he was messing with me. I didn't know why he was asking me the question that I was, uh, what he was asking me. No idea why this guy approached me. So, You're beautiful. 30-something years ago. Break time. Andrew Caridi, West Virginia play-by-play voice, joins us live next in Morgantown. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Live in Morgantown, we got game one coming up tonight. 5.30 first pitch, 5 o'clock pregame. And the uh, the voice on the West Virginia broadcast will be Andrew Caridi this weekend. He joins us live now. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. I did not expect the West Virginia fight song to uh, intro me, but we'll take it. I guess it's an exciting series for everybody. We like to make our guests feel welcome around here. Appreciate Andrew. that. Yeah. I want to start with this, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, what's the number one thing about the way your dad calls a game that you said, I don't want to do it anything like that? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. One that I was also not expecting. Um,. You know what? He um, He's a little tight sometimes, especially when it comes to football, and I completely understand that. Um, very rigid at some times, very detail-oriented. Now, I, uh-huh. for better or for worse, I kind of have the opposite approach, where it's go with the flow, you know, be as prepared as possible, but uh, Let you know, it I'm rip. trying to be perfect. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, no, that's fantastic. Is Dad going to be around this weekend at all? He might. He, he, he's been known to pop over. uh Every now and then. He came in during uh, one series. I forget what it was. I think it was a Big 12 series. But he came and say hey and, you know, obviously gave me some critiques while he was up there. And then one of his course. Of course. I'll be sure and lock the door then this weekend. <laughs> um, Andrew, uh, TJ, my partner, actually asked this question last half hour. And I said this would be perfect to bring up with, with Andrew when we have him on. How has it come together this year? What is it about this year's West Virginia team that has – just gelled so perfectly and you're having this this very special season i think from an effectiveness standpoint i think one through nine can hit straight up uh and we have seen that in this winning streak for west virginia no matter the person no matter the order someone is going to end up having an excellent game with the guaranteed all-american performance of this season which is jj weatherholt so you have I think the best complete player in the conference. And then you have from two through nine guys that can 
you know, prove to be a winner or prove to have games that are, you know, giving you a chance to win. You look back to the TCU, TCU series that we swept. We had two freshmen hit two home runs uh, in games one and two. We had Sam White do it, put us up 5-1 on Friday, ultimately won that game 5-4. Ellis Garcia, without a hit in that series, going into his third at-bat in game two, he hits a home run, puts us up 7-4. So we win games two, one and two, and then end up sweeping that series. And then Evan Smith, for example, uh, in game one against Baylor, a pinch hitter came in, was hitting under 100, and gets a two-out, two-RBI hit to win the game Friday for us in a game that, frankly, I didn't think we played the best or maybe even deserved to win. But I think it's impressive that no matter the order, no matter the person, we got guys getting up and getting hits. And I think that that's different than in the past. We haven't had a full, complete lineup, especially after losing a lot of guys last year, like Vic Scott, McGuire Holbrook, Austin Davis, but... This offense is terrific, and um, the pitching has been good enough to get us uh, to get us wins, and actually been heating up over the last couple of games. So it's it's been getting better. JJ Weatherholt had a good season last year, but not this. Uh, I mean, he's four seventy, uh, leading the league in stolen bases, All American. You said, you know, probably the front runner for Big Twelve Player of the Year. What's the difference? What what is JJ Weatherholt uh, taking a step up in this season? You know, he's done a lot of interviews, and he said the same thing every time, where he just says that I feel confidence at the plate, and I know what I can do, and I think that is probably oversimplifying it a little bit. Um, you know, Coach Mazie said at the beginning of the season that he knew, he, he kind of knew this was going to happen, right? Coach Mazie said that JJ will can and might end up being the best hitter that I have ever coached in my career. And he has taken those expectations and run away with them, I guess. Um, What sticks out to me about his hitting is that he can go opposite field, he can pull shots, he can push things into shallow center, shallow right. He can hit it in all locations. So his vision is what I think stands out the most to me. He just takes good pitches, he sees good pitches, makes great contact, um, but the secret sauce, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know if J.J. wants to give it away because he hasn't yet. Uh, on the mound, we're going to see Ben Hampton tonight, obviously veteran, lefty. Tell us about uh, Ben Hampton's season and, and what he presents tonight. Yeah, Ben's good. Um, you know, he came into this season with a lot of momentum, uh, led the Cape Cod League in strikeouts, which is no slight feat. Uh, to accomplish and he's just extremely steady he works quickly he throws strikes he's got three good pitches that he can throw so I think that's exactly what you need as a Friday guy he just goes out there and competes and he gets guys out Um, isn't going to throw upwards of 90 miles an hour Um, really doesn't reach that speed but the fact is he's got especially in the last couple of games um, great location great command on his pitches and what's good for West Virginia is that he has seemed to get better every time he has performed. How about Blaine Traxel on Saturday? Very intrigued to see him transfer from Cal State Northridge. Uh, kind of a, a side armor, submariner, right? He'll give you three different looks, as a matter of fact. So uh, Blaine got to West Virginia because Tony Serrano, the pitching coach, Cal State Northridge, who you previously mentioned, uh, well, actually, he was the head coach there, but he was the pitching coach here at West Virginia for, for Coach Maisie. And uh, Blaine graduated from there, and Coach Serrano called up Coach Maisie and said, hey, I got a guy for you. He's the real deal. 
Um, and so Blaine ended up coming to WVU and was awesome at the beginning of the season. Through obviously four complete games in his first couple of appearances, um, can throw you know conventional sidearm submarine can can attack you from a couple of ways with a good break on his pitches. Haven't been you know the sharpest or as um, you know impressive in his first couple of Big Twelve starts. One was at Kansas State, gave up four home runs. A lot of that was due to wind, and then uh, you know giving up four or five runs. Uh, and a couple other starts, but obviously he's coming off his best performance at a complete game shutout against Baylor. Um, so nice to see him return to form, and he seems to be performing well. But, you know, this series for West Virginia, not that you asked, but um, is big because, you know, we didn't play our best in Baylor, but Baylor obviously at the bottom of the league. And maybe it's one of those things where, sure, you got it done because Baylor is, is struggling at this point. Um, or maybe it's because, you know, this is just a season where you find a way to win games. Tell me about the bullpen. Bullpen's good, led by a lot of freshmen who continue to get better. We just had Carson Estridge strike out seven in the midweek victory against Pitt. Uh, he gets out there and has a lot of just nasty breaking stuff. He looked the best. Uh, we might even see him Sunday, depending on what West Virginia wants to do. Sunday starter has kind of been in the air. We've used a couple of guys this season, Grant Siegel, Robbie Porco. But out of the bullpen, uh, we like our huge monster freshmen who are like a minimum of six foot seven. So we got Max Yale, who is a lefty. He's 6'7". He can go in there, throw a couple of innings. As mentioned before, Carson Estridge can get some innings. Um, Keegan mm-hmm. Allen, another guy, a, uh, a transfer from Oklahoma, can pitch a couple. Grant Siegel has, though, been um, kind of the, the main guy or the steadiest guy that you can get out of the bullpen. A transfer from Tulane. He's a sophomore, too. Not 6'7". He's regular sized, uh, but he just pitched three <laughs> innings over the weekend and uh yeah i mean it's the young guys with a ton of talent who continue to improve that are the main ones coming out of the bullpen for west virginia and i think that you know you get the appearances that these freshmen have 15 16 times that just like the you know underclassmen batters or freshman batters you over 100 at bats you're not really a freshman anymore so um in the midst of this nine game winning streak everything is clicked all right, two more questions, and we'll cut you loose, Andrew. Uh, I, we were looking over the stats earlier today, talking on the show. You know, you hit the ball, you hit for power, you get a superstar, you're pitching it well, nobody's running on you. It's hard to find a weakness. You've seen this team all year long, though. Is there one? Is there is there something they they should be doing better right now? You know, after what we saw Wednesday against Pitt, I, I, do, I wouldn't say that there is anything that they could be doing better right now. I think uh, that they're getting hot at the right time and in the losses this season. It's kind of been from a lack of offense, and the either starting pitchers or bullpens has just not been good enough, which, you know, in a game of baseball, it's like, well, why'd you lose? Like, well, our hitting didn't really show up and our pitching wasn't that good. Um, but self-inflicted mistakes, I think, um, can really doom this team, but they have done a good job of getting away from them. Had a bad news Bears play against uh, Penn State, ended up losing that game. 11-6 to in State College, had two errors and four runs scored on one play. Uh, the first game that we picked up uh, in terms of our Mountaineer Sports Network broadcasting was a 4-2 loss to Hofstra after uh, the Mountaineers scored over 18 and 28 runs down in North Carolina, and that was a game where we just kind of came out flat. So from a technical perspective i don't think that there's anything holding this west virginia team back um especially not the offense the offense has been really balanced and really dangerous the entire way um i have not seen a team make things difficult for west virginia um through the way that they have challenged them obviously kansas took two of three here 
uh, in Morgantown, but that seems like a lifetime ago. Um, and I feel like this team just gets along really well. They believe in each other, and they just enjoy being around each other. You can tell that when we're, when we're traveling with these guys. Um, and I think the mood is at an all-time high. So uh, it's hard to see anything sort of start to slip um, for a number of reasons. Finally, I know you had over 4,000 here a Wednesday night for that win over Pitt. Great atmospheres, it sounds like, all season. Sounds like uh, we're in for, for some fun with the crowds this weekend. Yeah, I mean, the expectation, I think, is a single-game attendance record um, and maybe a weekend attendance record. It has been gross all week. Uh, here in Morgantown, we've had 4,070, which is a regular season record on Wednesday against Pitt. That's obviously a rivalry game. And it was raining all day until the game started and, and the day prior. And they still came out to support us. I mean, Mountaineer fans love having a nationally competitive team. We're number 12 in the country, as high as 11 in some polls. So, yeah, I fully expect that to make a huge impact on this series, maybe break a single-game record, which was set in the 2019 regional hosting, maybe set a weekend record, which was set a couple weeks ago when we swept TCU, most attended weekend series in West Virginia history. Uh, and the kids are just absolutely loving playing with the fans at their back. I was talking to Carlson Reed, who has been probably the most effective um, reliever for West Virginia out of the bullpen this year, um, National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association, the midseason stopper of the year watch list. Uh, and he's telling me that, you know, when we have all these guys show up, all these fans show up, that it just takes the pressure off of the team. Uh, and they looked scary Wednesday. I mean, they really did. They, they had the fans at their back, um, and they just looked probably the best that we have seen them. So exciting weekend for them and the fans coming into this weekend. Great stuff. Andrew Caridi, he'll be on the call for West Virginia all weekend. Andrew, thanks, bud. I'll see you over at the ballpark here in a bit. All right, sounds good. See you tonight. Thanks, man. All right, break time. Chris Plank joins us for the crossover. When we come back, he get, he's getting set for Bedlam softball tonight in Stillwater. Winding down another week on the T-Row in the Morning Show. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com.